Nine degrees below zero on Saturday morning. The old record was two below, set back in 1918. And of course, bear in mind, all of these are for the day, Saturday, February 4th. Another record, Worcester, 13 degrees below zero, smashed the old record set back in 1934 on February 4th. Four below is the old record. And in Hartford, Connecticut, nine below zero, just barely squeaked one out there. The old record, 1965, eight below. But one of the bigger stories is the fact that some places actually tied, they didn't break it, but they tied their all-time record lows for that station at any point since records began. And one of the big surprises, Nantucket Island. Now remember, Nantucket Island is surrounded by ocean and is really tempered in terms of climate. Yet on Saturday morning, they reached their all-time record low of three degrees below zero Fahrenheit. And the last time that occurred, actually two other times now. So this will be the third time that they've hit their all-time record low. The other two instances, in 2004, that happened on January the 16th. And the other time was in 1962, and that was New Year's Eve, 1962. They went down to three below zero. Obviously, they have never gone below that ever since. You got to remember, surrounded by water, it's tempered, and it's really tough to get temperatures even approaching zero. And there were a few of those. Uh, Minus two is the second coldest that in 2016. That was on February the 14th, Valentine's Day. And uh, the third coldest, one below zero. And that was in 1970 on January the 23rd. I mentioned more than one, didn't I? Well, let's go to that second location. For this one, though, we have to do some climbing. We go into New Hampshire, the tallest peak in the Northeast, Mount Washington at 6,288 feet above sea level. The all-time record low temperature, which was set, by the way, in 1934, was 47 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. Well, guess what? They tied it on early, early Saturday morning, February the 4th, 47 degrees below zero. That was on an ambient air temperature thermometer. Now, here's an interesting side note. A lot of you may not appreciate the fact that the weather observers, which are stationed on the summit where they have a weather observatory team, a team of meteorologists that constantly monitor the weather and kind of keep track of things in so many ways, the the team actually did not rely on remote sensing instrumentation. And that would make a lot of sense right now. I mean, you don't want to be out and about in the elements when it's 47 degrees below zero, let alone the fact that the wind was gusting over 100 miles an hour. By the way, that meant that the wind chill on the summit of Mount Washington reached 108 degrees below zero Fahrenheit, and that is also a brand new record for the United States. Coldest wind chill anywhere in U.S. territory. At a surface observation, 
And technically, the summit of Mount Washington is a surface observation station. It's one of the tallest peaks in the Northeast, but it still is a part of the surface of the globe, even though it's on the top. I guess that can be said of the summit of Mount Everest, too. It's just way up there. Okay, back to the story of how they measure this. The meteorologists who are on duty do not rely on all of the measuring equipment that is remote and coming into the building. Of course, they could do that. It is very accurate. However, the tradition has been to take these readings manually every hour with a sling psychrometer, and that is a type of dry bulb thermometer and a wet bulb thermometer that is literally whipped around very, very fast to sample the air temperature, and they do that once every single hour around the clock. Now, just imagine being one of the meteorologists on staff at the summit about Washington when the wind is gusting over 100 miles an hour. The air temperature is approaching the all-time record low, 47 below, and you draw the short straw and have to be the one to open up the door, hang on to something, uh, hopefully on the shadowed side of all of the wind action, and sling around that psychrometer for a number of minutes and then come inside and read it very quickly. Well, that's what happened. And that's how they came up with the 47 below match, matching the summit's coldest recorded temperature, of course, done prior in 1934. Wow. Incidentally, I'm going to post a video on weatherjazz.com for this episode, episode number 26. And I'm going to show you a quick little 30-second clip from the summit of Mount Washington and what the winds looked like going past the weather observation house at uh, the point where winds were gusting to 100 miles an hour. When they're that strong, what you're going to see is a lot of uh, rime ice breaking off of things and just getting slung past the camera. And you'll also get to hear what it sounds like, too. It's a very foreboding sound. That again on weatherjazz.com episode number 26. You'll also notice a few other things. I'm going to post the trace, the temperature trace from some ambient backyard weather stations in New England. Now, I've taken the liberty of bringing them into a program and highlighting certain things so that they're a little easier to read. One from Nantucket the other from northeastern Vermont and East Burke, Vermont, and another one from Novelty, Ohio, and West Central Geauga County. So you can see the chin grazing that we got here in Ohio versus the direct impact to those in the Northeast. I'll also include a very interesting post by Weather.us on the Twitter account because they posted a look at the gray mane sounding, the weather balloon that they release every 12 hours. Gray Main is one of the main stations that the National Weather Service exists in the state of Maine. If you take a look at that and the explanation that goes along with it, you'll see something truly fascinating. And I read directly from the Twitter post, 
Check out how incredibly low the tropopause is on this observed sounding from Gray, Maine, this February 4th morning. A tropopause near 900 millibars would place the higher peaks like Mount Washington, elevation 6,288 feet, solidly in the stratosphere. So the weather observers that were doing the sling psychrometer outside, grabbing that minus 47 degree temperature and winds of over 100 miles per hour in gusts, were actually doing so in the stratosphere for a couple of hours. You would think that that could not possibly happen, but according to this particular sounding, it did over the weekend. Truly, truly amazing. And that belongs in the stranger-than-fiction category without any argument from anyone. Now, you would figure that that kind of a direct impact from the polar vortex would have a long-lasting impact wherever it hit. But that is not the case. We knew full well that it would be a very short-lived scenario that within 36 hours, the temperatures would recover and recover quickly. In fact, as we look at this week in terms of winds aloft, we return to a very progressive pattern. And that is going to essentially take us into the next several weeks. It does not appear as though we are going to get into that cold pattern and keep it there. Will we see any more cold shots? Well, maybe not to that degree, pun intended, but certainly we'll see some cool downs. And our weather team at Fox 8 figures that we will see at least two more significant snowfalls or snowstorms, one in February and one in early March, that will help to bring the snowfall levels higher. But we've had to make some adjustments in terms of the snowfall forecast. You see, back in November, early November, we thought that perhaps we would end up above normal for the first time in seven years, but it's going to take a lot to do that. Is it possible? Certainly. The atmosphere holds the last card. It always does. However, the way the pattern is shaping up, it does appear as though, once again, for the eighth winter in a row, we will see snowfall either normal or under We went a little under 40 to 45 inches for the greater Cleveland area. We will see where that ends up. But that's a far cry from the November forecast where we predicted 72 to 80 inches when the last snowflake has fallen. Again, the atmosphere will always uh, deal with some interesting things. But given the pattern that we have seen develop so far this winter, and all of the other long-range parameters, which are now almost fighting each other a little bit. And the result will be a progressive pattern, which dominates perhaps the rest of the winter. We'll see how all of this pans out. And we will have Scott Sable back on Weather Jazz at some point to discuss the long-range end-of-the-winter pattern. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's look back of what was quite an interesting weather scenario to our northeast. And even here in the Ohio Valley, we had a rather interesting brush with this Arctic air. So we'll see where all of this pans out, see how many more we can get going and where the storm track ends up. That's going to be key for the rest of the winter. 
So help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence. Social media, word of mouth, email, whichever way. Just let them know that you like to listen to Weather Jazz. If you're certain someone is a podcast listener, you can tell them that you can find Weather Jazz on any podcast app. But the easiest way is online, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, and you can play Weather Jazz every single episode right on the player that appears on weatherjazz.com. All right, we're going to pick up where we left off on Wednesday, Science Wednesday, the Big Blue Marble series. Now, I did take last Wednesday and Friday off to give my voice a bit of a rest. Seems to have worked. I thank you for that grace. But we'll pick up again on Wednesday. And I'm sure that most of you at this point have figured out that, that we are going to Greenland. Greenland is the world's largest island. And on top of that, I've got a part two about Greenland that we will cover on Friday. I'll talk more about that on Wednesday as we uncover some of the interesting elements of the largest island on planet Earth. So get ready for a fun trip. We'll see you on Wednesday right here in Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe.